RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Time to talk tech on Reality Check Radio with Stephen Sykes in the NORAD DEFCOM 4 control bunker. <laughs> you come up with new names every week. Yeah. Next, I'll have you back in kit. Hi, <laughs> I, I can make that happen. Yeah, I bet you can too. In Christchurch to um, to talk tech with our Tech Tuesday. And Stephen, out of respect to the Tech Tuesday, well, it's a bit of a family, a bit of a crowd now. Um, it seems like that, yeah. Yeah, and they want to be in touch, and it's always interesting reading the incoming. So any to talk about before we launch off into other stuff this morning? Yeah, sure. Uh, so someone wrote in saying that, uh, Paul, like you, I never installed their QR code on my phone during the pandemic, and I suspected at the time the data could be used for control. This information that um, indicated that I was right, and it's bloody terrifying. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> bloody terrifying, yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, I, I guess, all, all the points that I covered uh, basically confirmed to them that uh, their paranoia was fully justified. Well, mine was, and I wonder how many people didn't install that app. I would so love to know. It, I, it's just one of the mysteries of the universe. Well, I mean, because that, that would give you a really good steer into really what the per, where the person was coming from, right? Yeah, I mean, you could work out. Um, I mean, it'll be known how many active phones there are out there, and then you could simply go, well, um, we, our popular, our national population is this. This many people have phones, and then infer one from the other. Well, then you'd be able to. Not to always dwell on this, but this is interesting. Then you would be able to, well, more than approximate, quite accurately, I would say, determine the, and obviously for below a certain age group, maybe that becomes a little hard, but um, the adult population, you could determine the actual percentage of of who took it. Mm-hmm. Was it 95? Yeah. yeah. Because you wouldn't have it on. Okay, there might be a few people who, who out of, I don't know, uh, a principal, no matter what, would never download something like that or are suspicious of anything that, that is Cody or, or, or you know, breaches privacy. We've talked about that plenty of times. But most people who, like me, who didn't download it, didn't download it because they they weren't intending on ever having to use it. Yeah, well, um, I went to River of Freedom uh, the other night. Same. And I went and sat beside um, a, a young fellow who was a builder, and he knows um, an elderly couple who uh, chose to take the vaccine and then refused to um, endorse you discrimination by yeah. refusing to use the um, vaccine passes. Like, yeah, so well, there'll be a bit of that. Yeah. Which would kind of does it lowers the resolution, but it would give you an approximation. Hmm. Yeah. And I always, because a lot of people always wonder if that 95 thing was actually real. Anyway, so, okay. Um, what else have we got? Who else have we heard from? Uh, so a gentleman wrote in to say that he stopped working in 2018 and threw his mobile phone in the drawer and have never needed or used it since. We live without them for centuries. Wake up, people, get rid of the unnecessary collar, which is easy to do if you've stopped working and you're not a tradesperson. Yeah, but you've got to be able to, you know, survive in that situation. Well, yeah, I mean, as I say, you, and if you're like a tradesperson and your next job depends upon you getting a phone call, 
and and, and answering that phone call. Otherwise, uh, people will just move on to the next person that they can get a hold of. So it's it's not easy. CB radio, not encrypted. <laughs> no, you can easily tune into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you have to be able to survive that. Easier yes. said than done. All right. What else? Uh, um, so got a really good one where somebody wrote in saying, when I worked as a nurse before being fired after 30 years, I was on many committees for things within the hospital. At the very beginning of the COVID scan, these committees had to also have our civil defence team on board as part of the committee. Surprise. So anyway, with the Northland major lockdown, whereby two ladies travel all around the north with COVID, well, that was all a test, and I have the notes on that, and it was uh, so they could trial the track and tracing with their new system and QR codes, etc. I tried to tell people that it was all a scam and not to use the codes at all, as they were all about data collecting and tracking. But wow. There go. Well, that's what we were speculating on, I think, um, last episode, was it? I can't quite remember, but that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she's saying, is that where the two women allegedly – drove from Auckland to Northland and they were kind of demonized, made out to be doing something that they shouldn't and were did not have permission. Turned out that they had had applied for, I think. And there was an apology, I think, from Hip, Hipkins. Is that the case we're talking about? I think that could be the case we're talking about, yeah. So well they well, we don't know from that uh, correspondence if if those two were witting or unwitting participants in that tracking uh, experiment what well you see the the next item of feedback directly jumps on behind that um the fact that you're carrying a phone with you anyway taking it with you that by itself is enough to get you tracked because um so somebody wrote in to say that you know you can tell where everyone has been um, so long as they're carrying an active phone, cell phones pinging cell towers every few minutes so they can tell which tower your phone has pinged and when. Watch the TVNZ Plus show Elementary, which is an update of Arthur Conan Doyle's hero Sherlock Holmes. And they can also, if they want to find where your phone is, they can actively send it an empty text message, which you don't see on your phone. Oh, like, it, like it pings you, kind of. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Like a you know trying to find a submarine, um, you, you yeah. ping it and, and see what comes back. So the fact that you are taking your phone with you is enough to see to know that you are not within your fifteen minute city zone. And um, well, that's what it does. Yes, essentially, isn't it? Yes, it will know and, if you're outside the zone. And I believe uh, it, uh, stuff published during I think it was the first lockdown. They could see uh, they published graphs showing. Um, I guess it, it was approximation of the fact that people were by and large staying home, and the people that were only travelling were the uh, what was the phrase they used? Critical essential workers. workers, essential workers. That was the one. So they could tell that by and large, most people prostitutes would, were staying home. I think they were. Yeah, were they? I think they were. Okay, that's well. You can see trialing the infrastructure. Yeah. If that if that's true, and why would someone lie? I don't know. But yeah, tires. trialing the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's all in place. They know it works. Yep. So when the 15-minute towns and cities comes along, bing, bing, boom, boom. Not only that, but uh, 
we refer back to a few episodes ago when we talked about surveillance cameras and I wrote some documentation on how you can participate in open street maps where you can document where surveillance cameras are because yep. they'll also be the thing that will follow you even if you leave all your technology behind. Yeah. Wow. People need to think harder about this sort of stuff, I, I feel, after hearing that. Yeah. And and the 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 texter or the emailer says they tried to warn or advise people, but but they were it's one of those gaslighted. I told it's one of those I told you so moments. Yeah. Okay. Well what else? Um, so someone said that it was possible to, you know, to go into the shop without being surveilled, but only if you didn't carry a phone and you paid with cash. Sort of yeah. true, except you still had surveillance cameras. Um, you're still out. you're still logged. You're still logged in, in, in ways. But um, this one was kind of interesting. Um, somebody wrote in to say that we, we were in Australia last school holidays. We were shocked by the number of restaurants that had QR codes to place your order. No waiters or waitress. And we did see a robot waiter at one place. It was a pain in the ass, and as the links were usually slow and cumbersome. Yeah, you can imagine. They're going to have to work on that one. Just a wee bit. Yeah, I saw a um, video of a, and maybe talking about the same thing, a robot waiter. It was just like a set of shelves on wheels. Pretty much, yeah. Didn't even look like, you know, didn't look like anything like a waiter. No. Yeah. And it just sort of trundled up. Someone obviously put your order on the one of the shelves, and I guess it honed in on a table or something. It's the way it does it. Mm. Yep. You little press your little button. Next thing you know, the shelves on wheels rolling up. Mm. If you've ever ever had uh, kaiten sushi, which is uh, a sushi train, you know you sit around. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've sat behind one of them. Yep. Yeah, yep. And and you just take your shelves off, uh, your, your plates of food off as you want. And I I had this in Japan once. And this was 2007. I was kind of impressed because um, the price was determined by the color of the um, plate you had. So yep. what they what they had was that when you'd finished eating, um, you'd stack all their plates up and they'd run a scanner up the side of the um, stack of plates and know exactly what to charge you based upon the color of the plate you, you'd eaten food off. Yeah, right. I thought, wow, that was kind of slick. Yeah, it's sort of uh, it's it's quite a, a simple way of doing it though. Just got, mm. got to recognize the color. And despite that, I paid with cash because Japan is a cash society. Oh, there you go. I, I've, I, I've seen friends buy a brand new car with cash. Oh, big roll. And that's how they do it. I bought a car once with cash, two grand cash. Yep. Yeah, just big roll, one of hundreds, hundies, I think. Mm. Okay. Any more, any more before we get into maybe a couple of the news stories, techie news stories out there? No, that, that was that was um, the gist of it. So um, on news things, I've come across a thing called the National Privacy Test, which uh, oh. is being produced by uh, NordVPN. So basically, uh, if you go to nationalprivacytest.org, you can answer a whole bunch of questions uh, which cover digital daily life, your privacy awareness, and what you do in certain scenarios. And you can answer these questions to find out um, how privacy savvy you are. Privacy and, savvy, yep. Yep. So at, at the end of the test, you, you can we didn't even have to do the test to find out if you just rummage around the website. You can see that uh, New Zealand, we rank number 17 
um, with a total score of 64%. That's how, as a population, we do. So the, the top five, we've got the USA, uh, UK, Canada, Australia, and Netherlands. Oh, okay. So um, there's quite some good questions in there. Um, like what? You'll be you'll be pleased to say uh, to hear that um, I do better than average. Otherwise, if okay. I didn't, I well, think of I'd course. be. I'd be You'd have to. I yeah, bet I you, I, I'm a total fail. Well, you could be you could be better than you think, but I mean, if I failed, then I think I'd, I'd just need to put my tail between my legs and go and sell undies and socks in a shop in the mall or something. <laughs> Like uh, that Michael Wood used to do before he became a politician. He's probably gone back to it. Yeah, well, there's always, always that. People always need walk socks and shorts. Yeah. Um, uh, that was great back in the day. Okay, so we're number 17. We're number 17. So uh, take we're the We're in the top 20. Even a few times and uh, see see how well you do. Uh, Nationalprivacytest.org. Okay. Uh, yeah, check it out. And... Following up from a news item you read out a while ago about uh, Toyota having to shut down some factories, uh, it was 28 assembly lines at 14 auto plants. Um, Toyota said that it wasn't due to being attacked, and it was just the f- fact that an error occurred, and I'm quoting here, an error occurred due to insufficient disk space. Oh, what? They ran out of memory. Disk space, yeah, disk memory. So, what do you mean disk space? Well, where they store all the data. Yeah, but no, I know that. But wouldn't it be on a solid state and unlimited terabytes if it was Toyota? Well, you'd you'd think the fact that it's on solid state's sort of uh, a little beside the point. But okay. um, Well, the disks can fail physically. That's what I'm thinking. They can, yeah. Yeah. So Toyota have you know reaffirmed that it wasn't a cyber attack, and they say going forward we will review our maintenance procedures and strengthen our efforts to prevent a reoccurrence so that we can deliver as many vehicles to our customers as soon as possible. You mean get more memory? <laughs> yeah. Um, I see also, speaking of uh, of big outages causing huge problems, and it came to my attention because Michael O'Leary, who's the Ryanair chief executive, was making a special announcement. About a week ago, last weekend, the entire British air traffic control system crashed. Yeah. That's and a, they, that's they, a bad they couldn't automatically process flight plans, which meant that it was so backlogged that nothing could fly. Mm. And that was for like seven or eight hours. And it, the thing that came out of that is they didn't have a backup. Yeah. Nothing was backed up. <laughs> so um, that got them, and O'Leary was very grumpy. I think Ryanair on the day had to ca- cancel about 370 flights or something, so. Um, a big operator, yeah. All right, so didn't have a backup, ran out of disk space. Okay. And if you're going right. to have a backup, make sure it works. Yeah, yeah, that it kicks in, right? Yeah. Okay, what else has been in the news? Um, a few other things, but I think given um, the time we have, um, I want to get into talking about privacy applications, um, private messaging applications and all the ones that people uh, have been using Um, over time and you know there's a lot and the term you know private messaging apps well the the word private it's a bit wishy-washy a bit wibbly wobbly privy wivy so (laughs) privy wivy yeah you need to like go well who who, who's it private to is it private to um just you and other person that's the definition that actually counts right 
It is, but it, it, it depends on what kind of rule that you're using, you know, or is is messages private to you and others within a particular chat group, or is it um, not, or is it private to anyone except a cyber attack or some sort of state-sponsored attack, you know? Well, I noticed Facebook doesn't call it private messaging. It calls it personal. Personal, so they <laughs> have to assume that they're not guaranteeing any privacy there. Otherwise, it'd be in the title. Well, they did, under certain pressures, try to implement actual proper encrypted private messaging, and then a few governments said, "Oh, no, 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 no." So yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, I might have told you before, but just on that because this is my experience of the Facebook personal messaging system. I tried to send an image in the early days of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell of a picture of him smoking crack mm -hmm. because this other person didn't believe that this was a thing. I said, well, there are pictures and I'll send you one. So I put it on the messaging thing, hit the go, and it came back and said, I don't know, you're pro prohibited, from, prohibited from sending this message and if you try again, it could cause a problem with your account or something i can't remember the exact wording but that's what happened i thought oh okay right yep. here you know yes they've analyzed the image and and it's it's matched um a list of banned images so that's but why would why they want to ban that want to silence you that you they might think you're a spreader of What's disinformation so special about hunter oh the elite have to look after their own mm, don't they Anyway, that was a chilly, chilling thing. Yeah. So one thing that really makes me, uh, uh, every time it happens, um, unfortunately it happens less and less, part of me dies if somebody sends me a regular text message. It's like, oh, please don't do that. Why? Text messages and, for that matter, regular cell phone calls are based upon 30-year-old technology. There is no encryption at all. There is zip, nothing. What's that song? There is no depression in New Zealand. There is no encryption in New Zealand. <laughs> well, if you use regular SMS text messages. Yeah. Blam, 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 wasn't it? Okay, so anyone can look at those with any sort of gear, no problem. You don't have to have some fancy quantum computer to unpick it. Correct. Okay. There's, there, there's, it, it's, you know, it's like posting somebody a letter in the post and your envelope is basically transparent. Okay. So, uh, but for most people that will just be, I'm going to the supermarket on the way home, pick up the kids. They should be home at about 20 past six or something. That, that'll be most of what they'll, they'll be intercepting sort of messages like that. Well, I think people will do more than that, but, and, and, you know, we need to make sure that, uh, out of the various apps that I want to talk about today, that um, you might not have the level of, um, shall we say, privacy um, and encryption you think you've got. Mm -hmm. So, Does it, encryption it, mean anything these days? Depends. It, it depends whose encryption, what encryption, if it's home-baked or something that's um, been thoroughly tested and and tried out and vetoed by other people who have also had the opportunity to check it out and use things. So, cause I want to get into talking about telegram cause it's not as good as people might be. That's thinking. a Russian platform, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. Is the um is the KGB sort of, sort of hanging off the end of it somewhere? Well, um, we don't know quite know what the details are, but Telegram did at one point refuse um, the Kremlin to get access to users' messages, which then resulted in Telegram being banned um, for a while. And I say a while because um, it was the the bang was lifted due to some agreement, whatever right. that was. Okay, I mean uh, Telegram's got a user base of about eight hundred million, and you know, it's popular for a oh, global, not just Russia, obviously. Yeah, gl- oh yeah, global in Russia. Yeah, yep. um, and even though it's even though you use a phone number to register, the phone number doesn't tie you to an identity in the way that Facebook does um, through WhatsApp. And if you're using WhatsApp, just don't do it. Just stop it. Cut it out. Even though you've got end-to-end encryption and it does use some of Signal's technology under the bonnet, and we'll talk about Signal later on too, WhatsApp knows who you are in real life, who you talk to, the frequency, the date, timestamps, location, and relationships. So if you didn't know already, Facebook own WhatsApp and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, the end-to-end encryption typically only applies on one-on-one conversations and not on group chats. So if you can imagine you're in some group and you're, I don't know, say you're discussing politics or whatever, this gets analyzed and Mark Zuckerberg knows your preferences and that can get handed over to goodness knows whoever. So just don't use it. Okay. Um, Delete it. Say again, delete it. Delete it. Okay. I'm just thinking about Telegram before too. Uh, uh, It seems that that is the, the alternative information source for the state of the Russian-Ukraine war because the Russian Defense Ministry used Telegram to make all their pronouncements, I've noticed. A lot of people refer to that account. So, you know, they're on there. (laughs) What what I found, um, I'll use the word amusing, there was a documentary, uh, if I can call it that, I think now a few months ago, but I'm pretty sure it was this year. And I think it was something that Patrick Gower did. Uh, I think it was him. And it was basically about cybersecurity. And they were, I'm trying to piece together the article in my head as we speak. But basically, um, they had their their camera on uh, the computer screen of, it might have been people from the GCSB, I'm not too sure. They were going after um, certain... Uh, disinformation we... spreaders. No, not disinformation spreaders, but uh, we'll just call them naughty people. And, uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean, yep. And they blurred out the screen. They blurred it out so people couldn't see the nature of what they were doing. Yep. I saw what was on the screen, and I could identify everything. So even though it was all blurred out, I could see. Okay, I can see that they're using Telegram here. I um, oh, I wow. can see. Okay. Yeah. So if you didn't know what you were looking at, it would just look like a, a blurred computer desktop. But I could work out every everything except for one icon on the screen because it's. Yeah, they did it to turn up the blurriness just a bit. Well, they, well, they must have just assumed that most people wouldn't have a clue. They didn't realize that you were like a sleeper cell <laughs> sitting there watching it and knowing exactly what was there. It's like people who disguise voices sometimes in audio. 
It yeah, is, and, you, and it's like just a pitch change. All you got to do is change the pitch back up a bit, and you've kind of identified the voice again. Yes, you can. Basically, I guess they they plan on 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 the average whoever not to even go there. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was interesting. I thought, well, you know, they could have done a better job of blurring it out, but not to worry. Um. That well, it tells you a lot about who they monitor too. Yep. And, and, and where, where they hang out. Yeah, where they hang out. Yeah. Okay. Um, so going back onto other bits of, of of Telegram, so you can install the free open source version of the Telegram client from F the F Droid store, which is the alternative to the Google Play Store, which you can stick on a regular Google phone, but I always shove it on degoogling phones when I do that for, for people. Mm-hmm. Um but so even though that code can be looked at, the what happens on the back end in the servers isn't. The terms and conditions are, are not clear to the um, to the average person reading them. Um, a lot of the protections and encryptions are not turned on by default. Edward Snowden has been quoted as saying that Telegram's defaults are dangerous, and without a major update, it's unsafe. When you say major update, is that available or is that a customized configuration? They need to build it. They need to, um, I mean, Telegram has been around for over 10 years. The world's moved on. Um, but the tele- Telegram platform hasn't so much. It by default stores um, messages on its servers in plain text, which means that anyone who they choose to give up the data to, um, can. So even okay. though the CEO of Telegram did initially refuse the Kremlin access to stuff on Telegram, we don't know the nature of the agreement that um, got them unbanned. And even if, um, you know, they were staunch to say, no, we're not giving up user data, if they're somehow coerced or something like that, they have a change of mind, then that's not great. So you need to be using a system that... Um, has all your data encrypted in the first place so that nobody except the people involved in the conversation can see the data involved. Yeah. Because even like without the data, when you're looking at the metadata, like when I was talking about with WhatsApp, you know, you might remember many conversations ago, it was, I said, I quoted General Michael Hayden, who used to be the head of the NSA and CIA, Mm. said that, quote, we kill people based on metadata. Yeah, exactly. They can zero in. Yep. And I suppose sometimes they might make a mistake. And they do. But, you know, in the end, if you've got most of the guys, the baddies, the bad actors that you're after, then I suppose that's all right. Yes, and you get some collateral damage along the way. Oh well, I mean, Zoom was you know thinking about Telegram's uh, terms of service and things like that. Um, a while ago, Zoom got sued eighty-five million dollars for lying about the encryption they use and sending data to Facebook and Google. Right, and the the encryption that's used. Um, for you know, back on Telegram now, um, is like sending old school SMS messages. They have their own into an encryption protocol called NTProto, which is not awesome compared to you know, back to what you were asking earlier on about types of encryption and, and is it any good? Mm. Um, it's not the best compared to other things that we've got out there, such as Signal. Yeah, well, I've um, become a bit of a Signal 
person. And I think it's a really cool, uh, I'm no genius on this, but I think it's a really cool app or setup. It is. It It is good. Um, We'll get on to another one after Signal, which is better still. Okay. Um, Signal's great because it's easy for people to get onto and start using it. So it's um, done by the Signal Foundation, headed up by uh, Meredith Whitaker, who is um, a person that I really admire, given her her stance on um, privacy and encryption, and particularly in the way that the EU is trying to come up with all kinds of um, uh, legislation, which mm. is uh, not great, and we'll talk about that maybe even next week, perhaps. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. The issue with with Signal typically has been that you need a phone number in order to get on it, and a, a phone number works as a form of ID. So even if you are uh, you withheld your name and everything else, the fact that your phone number is there is enough to find you. Okay. And, and the issue typically is that most people are still using Apple phones or they're using a Google account. And when you add in somebody's phone number into your contact list, that then gets synchronized to Apple and Google. And then now you have the metadata problem again where human relationships end up getting mapped out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can register a, a signal number using a throwaway phone number service um, these days, you, you didn't used to be able to, um, and then you couple that with a PIN number so that if the throwaway phone number that you use to register Signal with gets used by someone else, given that it's a throwaway number, that could be recycled, Yep. the, the PIN number will cover your butt. Right. Okay. I mean, that said, some have people have said that um, the your phone number um, your account's not really, really linked to your phone number, yet it kind of is because of the contactless problem I mentioned. Um, but it's used to generate a private key, and the phone number helps make the app easy to use and increase people's uptake. And you never forget your phone number, really. You can no, forget, no. You forget you'll forget, every, you'll forget everyone else's, but you don't need to yeah, forget you never. It's like you always know how much is in your bank. Yeah. And even, if, even if you know nothing about money. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what else have we, we got out there? Is there anything that, um, that yeah, so someone who's it, highly suspicious of anything would gravitate towards? Well, there, we'll get to two other ones called Briar and Session. I'll just briefly talk about uh, Viber. Um, I'm not too oh. quite sure what to make of Viber. Um, if you look at the... Um, well, I don't think the Google Play Store, and, and I don't know if the Apple Store tells you this, but if you have a de-Google phone and you are using um, Aurora to get your applications from, the Viber app um, shows an Exodus report, which shows seven trackers, which includes Facebook ads, the Google AdMob, Google's Firebase, and Analytics, and a few others. So, uh, yeah, I've got reservations about that one. Viber, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's quite popular in in many circles. Um, even what if you circles don't use it. with who? Um, I think there are certain communities and countries that use it a lot. Oh, okay, yep. Maybe not so much here. Maybe um, it depends. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Telegram is quite massive, and people use Facebook Messenger um, for some 
reason. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's fiber. Yep. yep. So um, Briar is really, really good. Um, you can use it without any kind of internet um, connection at all, and you can send messages between each other even over Bluetooth if you felt like it. So if you're in range of another person you're trying to communicate with, you can do that. Oh, without... like direct no other network. Correct. So point, point to point. Yeah, phone to phone. Phone yeah. to phone, yep, via a Bluetooth connection. Um, you can sync um, both devices in order to assure the identity of the person you are talking with is completely valid. Yeah. If you do use the internet to communicate with on Briar, it uses the, the Tor network, which is onion routing to send messages through the internet so it's untraceable. Oh. The, the downside oh. is that both devices um, that are using Briar tend to have to be on in order for a conversation to be had because the messages aren't uh, typically stored on a server sitting there waiting for you. Oh, yep. So so there's no centralized uh, point. That's so it. It's real time, is it? So incoming yeah. displays and then yep. next Although one comes that's, through. That said, you can leave uh, messages um, for each other people, um, sorry, for your contact, Um that particular part's maintained by by somebody, yeah. but some of these complications probably means that the um, uptake and shall we say the consumer acceptance level is kind of low. Yeah. Okay. So that that brings us on to um, my favourite, and this is the one I try to get people to use, and that's called Session. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good name. Yeah, so Session works in a similar way to Signal. It basically has some of their technology under the bonnet. So it, again, works on everything, so your mobile phone, your, your computer and things like that. It um, has no metadata and there's no identity. So you don't need to have a phone number in order to use it and never asks for your name. So it's basically a zero-knowledge system. It knows nothing about zero you. Zero-knowledge, that sounds good. It does sound good. Yep. So there's no centralized system. Instead, it's quite decentralized, and it uses other people's servers uh, to route traffic um, th- uh, through the internet um, through these um, these servers, and it allows people to earn Oxen cryptocurrency. Oh. Um, well. They have onion. Re- um, you've heard of the Tor browser, for example, on the Tor. I, network. I think you told us about that. Yeah. So, uh, session use their own onion routing, which works like Tor, and it's called uh, LokiNet. And okay. and and this removes all the metadata um, as well. Strips it away. Well, it just doesn't collect it in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Sounds um, like the metadata is more your enemy enemy than anything else. Pretty much. And you're kind of unaware of it. Okay, so, well, that sounds like the one then, doesn't it? At, at this point in time, I am not aware of anything better. Okay. And it's easy to, to get and install? Yep. Um, just like doing session. So the um, – and – I've had one or two little issues. Sometimes sending messages to people can take uh, time. I I have received um, a message like three hours after the original um, sender transmitted it, 
there can be things like that. Um, it wasn't like I need to meet you in ten minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, and you can still do uh, voice calls. Sometimes they don't always connect. It's still developing, but it's still absolutely um, useful, and it continues to develop. You've got no um, personal ID. In fact, your ID is a number. And when I help somebody out with with session, they wanted to you know, learn about it. And at first, they freaked out when um, I talked about the QR code because you can go, well, here's your ID, and it's represented in the app as a QR code. But the QR code actually is when you look at what's in the code, it's just a really big, long number. And that really big long number is your ID. Can you and can you tell that from looking at the graphic? No, but you oh. can you can scan it with an app that will tell you uh, right. what, what what's inside it. it. Yeah. yeah. So okay. so it, you, you can you can see what's in there, and the reason they use the QR code in that app is because um, writing down in your um, session on your phone or whatever trying to uh, sit there looking at the number of somebody else's yeah, phone. That's, and co- that, yeah. it's, it's, it's prone to error. Oh, totally. It's prone yeah. to error. But yeah. w- when I showed, look, this is this is what it's doing, this is what's in the QR code, they were fine with it. Right. Okay. Session. Session. Go to getsession.org and you can download the uh, desktop application for it and you will find it in FDroid. Uh, as well, probably on Google Play Store, but um, I don't tend to use Google Play Store a great deal at all. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Great information as always. Are we done for this week? I think we're done with, with this week. Um, that's probably a lot of information to t- for people to take on and process. Yeah. Session is the one, though, if you really want to. Session, session is where you need to be going. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's another Tech Tuesday. Thank you, Stephen. We'll see you in a week from now. See you next time. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.